0: This morning we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to give the message from God's word today in more of a form of a personal testimony. Uh, some of you who have been here many years have heard some of these stories before, but I think this is the way it has to be this morning for me. Interacting with the word, I couldn't get away from it. I just couldn't talk about stuff out here when it, it was interacting with my life so much. I uh, said, so I'm just going to throw it all in there. A lot of the problems that we have, that you have, that I have, we got to admit, I mean, I don't need you to lay down on a couch in some office to tell you that most of the problems that we have stem from our childhood, and the same goes for me when um, um, a big problem I had as a child was the issue of uh, anxiety. When I was little... uh, For whatever reason, I was in public school, and then my parents pulled me out and put me in a private Catholic school, though we were not Catholic. Uh, And while I was there, the kids weren't very nice to me. They were mean to me. I don't know if it's because I was the only Protestant there. I'm sure it has nothing to do with it. The kids know nothing about that. But they were mean to me, and it was a very difficult time, and I was very anxious about going to school. In fact, as I told some of you before, when I was in the third grade, I missed 52 days of school. That's why I have issues. (laughs) I may say some things that don't make sense because I missed those days of school in third grade. 52 days. So that anxiety and that uh, that fear of going to school continued until the seventh grade. And seventh grade was a terrible, terrible year. Now, in seventh grade, get this, uh, I was very popular. Uh, I was very cool. In fact, I was the athlete of the year, isn't that amazing, in seventh grade? And yet, seventh grade is probably the worst year of my life, one of the worst years. Uh, Very challenging. Uh, I was very, did not get along with people well. They didn't like me much. They treated me poorly, and I was very anxious about going to school. And this pattern continued in my life, and there I was a senior in high school. And as a senior in high school, starting off in the fall, another student came up to me and threatened to kill me. And so someone who struggles with anxiety, that did not help thinking this guy is going to kill me throughout my senior year. So this anxiety stayed with me. I go off into college, and when you're in college, you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. And as I was struggling through different issues, anxiety was still there and still very real. And, 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 and actually, if, if you struggle with anxiety, the last profession or job you should ever go into is the ministry. Don't be a minister if you struggle with anxiety. But what did I do? God gave me a call. I felt like I had to be a a preacher. Uh, I went to seminary and and during seminary, great amounts of anxiety. And I would say the majority of the time I have been in ministry over the last several years have been filled with great anxiety. But I want to tell you, there's been a change within me over the past few years. And this is what I want to kind of testify about and and encourage you about. Over the last few years, I would say that I have had more days of God's ruling peace than anxiety. More days that have filled my heart, God has been giving me his peace, than more days of anxiety filling my heart. And and the reason why I tell you this story and I'm speaking to you this morning is because I want to give you hope. Hope that if you are like me, you have issues of worry and chronic anxiety, whatever you want to call it in your life, I want to give you hope that you can experience God's peace. And, and I don't know why, why you're anxious or why you're worried. Maybe it was just you had issues as a kid and now you're older, you have the same issues. And a lot of you, you're, you not only suffered with this throughout your life, but right now, Where you're sitting right now, you could tell me all the things in your life that are causing you huge amounts of anxiety, just a lot of worry. And some of you in here are kids, and and even as a kid, you know what that feels like, and some of you are big kids now, and and you still feel that anxiety and and that worry. And and my question to you is this. What are are you going to do about it? Or what have you been doing about it? Well, what I did about it in third grade is I I played sick and skipped school. Maybe that's one solution. And for those of you who experience it now, you're adults. Maybe you might drink too much. But since we're Christians, of course, we don't drink too much. What we do as Christians, we eat too much. Maybe you eat a lot to cover up your anxiety. Or or maybe that you are perpetually in this loop of pleasing people because of your anxiety. What, What are ways that you deal with it? What are ways that you cope with it? Maybe some of you just want to hide and run away from your problems, and that's that's a lot of what you're doing. The reason why we're here this morning in God's Word, we want to come to God's Word and say, say, okay, God, what do you want us to do about anxiety and worry in our lives? We know all the inappropriate ways we deal with it, but what is your word? have to say about how we should deal with our anxious hearts before you and before others. And God is not silent. He is not silent. And this morning, he's going to speak to us his peace. This summer, we're going through the fruit of the Spirit, and now we come to the fruit of peace. it's from the book of Philippians. If you want to go ahead and turn there, we're in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to look at God's peace. The Apostle Paul is writing to the Philippians who are probably probably undergoing a variety of persecution for their faith. If you're being persecuted for your faith, you would probably be anxious as well as they have all these trials they are facing. And Paul calls them to combat anxiety. And I want to read the passage to you. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. Let me read it to you. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Very familiar passage to some of you, and the admonition is really clear. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Now, I don't usually talk like this in in most of the sermons. I don't know if I've ever talked like this, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. There is something that you do, and there is something that God does. There is your part, which is the prayer, and God's part is the peace. And the components of your part of prayer, as we're going to see, is that you praise him, that you have some perspective in your prayer, that you petition him, And then you give him more praise. And then God's part is the peace. Now, do not think, maybe you've grown up in churches where they give you formulas all the time. This is not a formula. This is not like, oh, if I go ahead and praise and give me some peace. It's not about that. It's about a relationship with God who knows you. And yes, it is your responsibility. It is your part to pray. And God's the one, by the power of his spirit, who gives peace. That's where we're going today. So let's start off with your part, the components of prayer, and it starts with praise. Look again. Chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. We're back to this joy thing. If you are with us last week, we talked about joy. Remember we talked about that joy that was unquenchable that other people can't take away? We talked about it last week. We want to have joy in the Lord that other people can't take away. And last week, I talked about how I, I had more joy in my overhead sewers than in the Lord. Remember that? And when you have more joy in something else besides the Lord, that other people are going to quickly take it away. And so that's why I'm going to have more joy in the Lord. And so not only is joy in the Lord going to enable us to minister to other people, but according to this passage here, it seems like that joy in the Lord combats anxiety. It does. Rejoice more always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let's do a little diagnosis of why you feel anxious. Many of you feel anxious because something in your life is perhaps unknown or unresolved. And if you could put one word on your anxiety, it probably has something to do with uncertainty. The uncertainty of your life is driving you crazy. And it's just eating at you. Maybe it's money issues or relationship issues or timing issues the timing if something would just work out at the right time you don't know if it's going to or or maybe it's an illness it's causing a lot of anxiety you don't know things how they're going to turn out and so you are anxious but according to this passage here joy in the lord can knock out anxiety i mean think about it you're saying god you are sovereign and in control god you are the provider God, you are the one who is going to come through for me. God, you are the one who I have a relationship with. It is amazing when we start to turn our prayers more in praise to him, it combats our anxiety because it gives us a massive perspective. And now we're on to the second part of the prayer and its perspective. Look at verse 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. And before I explain this verse, I want to say when I thought about this verse this week, I thought about lifeguards and teachers. I'll explain in a moment. Back to the passage. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The word reasonableness has the idea of to yield, to be kind, or to be gentle. The problem is this: so people rush at you, circumstances rush at you, the people are disgruntled, they have issues. And and when someone rushes at you with their issues, you get anxious within, and sometimes we want to strike back. Like, quit making me feel so anxious. Quit making me feel so worried, and we want to retaliate. And, And what the Bible says is, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That means yield, be gentle, be kind, do not go off. No matter what they're creating inside of you, let this spirit that you have be known to others. Now, I don't know about you, but when someone's coming at me and creating anxiety in me, I just want to make them stop. I want to say, quit, quit messing with me, quit stirring this up within me, and I want to say something to them. But the Bible says, you know what, yield, be gentle, be kind. And I say, well, how? And verse 5 says again, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. That's talking about either the presence of the Lord or more likely the second coming of Jesus. The idea is that the Lord, the King of all the earth, who sees everything, all powers in His hands, is coming back to judge. So when someone's messing with you, they're pressing on you, they're coming after you, you can say, okay, I'm going to be gentle with you, I'm going to be reasonable with you, I'm going to be yield, I'm going to be kind with you, because one day Jesus is coming back. And, and I don't want to have this attitude, Jesus is coming back, and so He's going to get you. Don't you want to say that? Like if, you, if, you're, if your spouse is ever making you anxious, you say, it's all right. That's all right. Jesus is going to get you. You just wait. Now, don't, don't think like that. But just think that Jesus, the God of all the earth, he knows what's going on. He is present with you. And one day, he's going to come back. He sees what's coming, on, coming, coming down. And until then, we can pull back. We don't have to go off. And, and this is why I was thinking about lifeguards and teachers this week. This week, with my family, I made the annual trip to the community pool. I go once a year. I don't like going to the pool. I go once a year. So I went with my family, and while we were there, a fight broke out. You got to be careful with these pools. That's why I only go once a year. They're very dangerous. But we went to this pool, and a fight broke out, and it wasn't between kids. It was between parents. And the parents were fighting with one another over some issues with their kids. And what they were doing, they were making their case. They were appealing to the lifeguards. And I felt so bad for the lifeguards, but it hit me. The lifeguards get it over the summer, and the teachers get it during the school year. Because when parents watch over their kids, they can, they can just, you, you don't mess with their kids. Effort. And parents want things to go just right with their kids. And if it's not at the pool, it's going to be in the classroom. And, and, and young teachers feel this. A lot of teachers, all teachers feel this, but young teachers especially, don't know how to deal with disgruntled parents who are coming after them, who are saying, you must do this, you must pull up. And all of us in life have people like that that just kind of attack us. And we've got to pull back, be reasonable, be reasonable. Yield and say, you know what? God's in control here. Jesus is coming back. I'm not going to go home, be anxious, not sleep tonight because this one parent wants their kid to sit in the front row. I mean, I'm not going to freak out about that. I can relax, and whatever the issue is, I can yield. Let your reasonableness be known to all. Now we come to the main admonition in the passage. You can see in verse 6. This is the main admonition, verse 6. Look at it again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Once again, when you're anxious, what are you doing? You're inwardly troubled. Something is unknown or unresolved, and the uncertainty is killing you. Like, what's going on when you're anxious? It's it's probably like this thought loop over and over again how many of you do this over and over again the same thing you think you keep that over and over you just don't stop it's over and, over and over and over and you feel it in your heart over and over again you're just anxious you're just like kind of restless you're thinking about the same thing over and over again and and the bible is very clear here when it says do not be anxious about anything did you see the word anything there i'm going to go ahead and define it for you here we're getting, nothing is left out of anything and that includes everything are you with me? Nothing is left out of anything, and that includes everything, right? Anything. So that means everything that's going on in our lives is to be given over to the Lord and it says we're not to be anxious about anything. And, and the reason is, well, why? Why can't we be anxious about these things? Is because when you are anxious and when I'm anxious, basically what we're doing is we're leaving God out of the picture. When you are anxious, you're trying to figure out life on your own. And when you are anxious you are telling god this is what you're telling God. you're saying you're saying god you are you you, you're not sovereign and you're not in control you can't do anything here god not only are you not sovereign and in control you're, you're not powerful enough to come through for me and you're not wise enough to help me and worse than that some of you believe that god is sovereign enough to be in control is powerful enough to help you is wise enough to bring you through this But he's not going to do it. You just don't believe he's going to do it. You just don't believe he's going to help you. And so you keep the thought loop going, ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. You're mulling the problem over and over again because you're going to figure it out. You're going to get out of this. And you somehow think that by your anxiety and by your worrying, it's going to make everything go away. And and it doesn't. And a lot of times, no one can see you doing this. You came in here, some of you came in here with worries and anxiety this morning, and I, I can't see it in you but it's there. But there was a time in my life where my anxiety could be seen by other people. I was so anxious in my life at different points where I started to develop uh, twitches from the anxiety. And like I said, seventh grade is one of my worst worst years. I I developed all types of twitches in seventh grade because of my anxiety. And and you know, in, in, in seventh grade, you're trying to be cool. You want to be cool and stuff great. And th- did I mention I was the athlete of the year? And so if I, since I was the athlete of the year, I really want to be cool. But I didn't look so cool when I had all these twitches. Uh, and one of the twitches I used to do, I used to do my arm like this all the time. I have no idea why. I have to do my arm like this all the time when I was out playing sports. And so I'd, I'd go out and I'd be playing soccer. I'd be running. But I'd be doing my arm because I'm anxious. And I remember one time I was playing a game. And, uh, uh, you know, the cheerleaders were on the side. You're trying to impress them and everything. And so one of the cheerleaders screamed out to me. Jason, you're in the game. And I look over there, and she's doing this. <laughs> she's doing the twitches. Too. I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is terrible. terrible. And so my anxiety is being seen by others now, which makes my anxiety even worse. And, and what's amazing, the twitches, they've stayed with me on and off throughout my life. It's amazing. Some seasons, they'll just start to come up, and I, and I, and I start to feel them in my body. I'm going, there's something going on inside And even when they're not being shown outwardly, God always sees the anxiety in my heart and in your heart. And he comes up to you and he says, do not be anxious about anything. Come on. My son, my daughter, do not be anxious about anything. And he doesn't just say it flippantly. He actually tells us what to do instead. Keep going with the passage. Do you see what it says? It says, do not be anxious about anything but in everything, by prayer and supplication. So once again, worry about nothing, pray about everything. And did you, I, mean, I wish you could underline your Bible there. Um, you see it says, but in everything. Once again, I'm going to kind of define everything for you. This is, uh, nothing is left out of everything, and that includes anything. Just, just in case you're wondering. Nothing is left out of everything, and that includes anything. You see, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. I mean, everything. Nothing is left out here. You're to bring everything to the Lord. Everything. And when you're anxious about something, the last thing that you and I want to do is pray. I just want to tell you now, when you face anxiety, you are not going to feel like praying Right now, if you're not anxious, you may file this away You go, well, this is great. I can't wait. One day when I feel anxiety, I'm going to pray. No, you won't. Because that's not going to be your natural disposition to pray about it. Because you're going to want to figure something out. You're not going to feel good. You're going to feel yucky. Prayer just will not seem appropriate. But that's what God is calling you to do. He's calling you to pray about everything, no matter how you feel. I remember 18 years ago, I was, I was a college pastor in a, a church in Texas and I was with uh, some college students and there, were, there was a lot of problems within the group, a lot of relationship issues. And, and I remember one morning praying with two of my leaders who were in so much despair. And we were, we were, some of them were kneeling on the floor and I remember just them crying out to God in their anguish, in their fear, in their anxiety, and they're putting their requests before the Lord. You don't have to feel good to pray. It doesn't have to sound good when it comes out. You can be crying. You can be a nervous wreck. You're not trying to fix yourself. You're trying to come before the Lord and express your anxiety and your worries. I'm telling you this now because when it hits you, you're not going to want to do it. So make the commitment now that the next issue you hit of anxiety and worry, you're going to go right to the Lord and present your request to him. It will not sound pretty. It will not look pretty. But that's what we're called to do. Do not be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. Now I'm moving on to the, the last component of our prayer, and that's more praise. Look at it again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Last week, if you remember, we talked about giving thanks in all circumstances. What the Bible says, give thanks in all circumstances. doesn't mean to give thanks for all circumstances, but to give thanks in all circumstances. And here, we have this idea of, with our prayers, with our petition, of being thankful. And one of the ways that we can be faithful, uh, thankful is to reflect back on the faithfulness of God. I'm going to show you this. So here's my present-day anxiety as I'm giving God this request. I reflect back on other ways in the past that he has been faithful. And as I am thanking him for his past faithfulness, that in some sense propels me to a future hope in his future faithfulness. So in present anxiety, when you're praying, say, God, you know, I just thank you for being faithful in the past. Thank you for coming through. And that will build hope within you to trust him with his faithfulness in the future. There's many ways that this looks like in your life and my life. I just think about the life of our church. Our church has been around for about 25 years. And it's, it's not mysterious, but our church is always turning over because people from all around the world move here for a season in Evanston, and then they move away. And as people move in and move away and move in and move away, happens all the time. What tends to happen is that we barely make our budget each year. I mean, we really do. It's, it's amazing how God has come through. And so as we start to creep toward the end of the year and that April time where our fiscal year ends, there's always this potential for anxiety within me. But what has God done the past 25 years? He's pulled it off time and time again. And so when it gets closer to that time, I got to go backwards and say, God, I praise you for your past faithfulness. In my present anxiety, I thank you for your past faithfulness. And it gives me hope and faith in the future. And since I said this is a personal testimony this morning, and, and since I have a reoccurring issue in my life, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and tell you again. Um, one of the things that creates anxiety within my life right now and it creates anxiety within our house, and I have I've talked about it many times before, is, is that this is the sixth time in our house that we have a two-year-old. And that two-year-old creates a lot of anxiety within me when, when I see him on the monitor waking up in the morning, I'm like, oh, God. oh he's awake. <laughs> and there's this great anxiety within me. But, but i got to stop. And I go, okay. God has been faithful the last five rounds of two-year-olds, right? And we have emerged as champions. And no matter how much I think this 2 year old's is going to knock us out, Reflect back, and I trust him in the present, and I'm hopeful for the future. You cannot leave Thanksgiving out of your prayers. When you're anxious, reflect back. Say, God, you've been faithful in the past. I praise you for what you've done. And and you'll see it all throughout the Old Testament. They just keep rehearsing God's faithful deeds over and over and over again. And that's what you got to do as well. So here's our part. Our part is the prayer. Our part, you know, we praise him, we've got some perspective. Jesus is coming back. We give him a petition. And we just praise him some more with thanksgiving. And so now on to God's part. What is God's part? Well, God's part is the peace. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, before explaining the verse, you need to know that believers in Jesus... Have this peace with God. Before we were believers, there was, this, there was this animosity, hostility, where we were warring against God. And His wrath, in a sense, was upon us. And then Jesus came, died on the cross, took the wrath of God in our place, died for our sins. We repent, put our faith in Jesus, and now we are reconciled to God through faith. And, and that is... Peace. Many of you describe your conversion as one of peace. There's no more of this warring mentality within you against God. And you have now peace with him through Jesus Christ. Now, if you have the foundation of that peace, that justifying peace, if you have the foundation of that peace, then you can experience the peace talked about here. Because the peace that is talked about here is more of a tranquil state, more of an inner rest And I would go as far to say that the peace talked about in this passage is it can actually be something that you feel, that you have a feeling of calm with God, that that God provides this calm in your life. And I would say it's not just something that he gives, but it's also his very presence. Because if you jump down to verse 9, just look at the end of verse 9, it says, and the God of peace will be with you. So we're not just talking about when you have peace. It's not just something that God gives you, but it's, it's almost like his presence. His presence is with you. you. You realize more of his presence. He gives you the calm. So life can be raging. You're calm. Life can be screaming. You're calm. You have this disposition that God is in control, and he knows what he's doing. So all around you, things could be so hopeless, but you are Hopeful. Now, for those of you in here who want me to explain this piece, you want me to break down this piece, you want me to give you the details of this piece, I can't do it. What, what does the passage say? It says, "In the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Have you ever had that peace before? Where things are crazy in your life, and someone says, How are you so calm? And you say, I have no idea. It's God. God's given me that peace. I I don't know what the diagnosis is going to be, but God's given me peace. I don't know how the relationship is going to turn out, but God's given me peace. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this sixth round of two-year-olds, but God's given me peace. And on and on and on we can go. We don't know what the future is going to be. It's a peace that surpasses understanding, and it comes from God. And did you notice that it guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus? You know, Paul, when he wrote this, he was under guard in prison. And so he says, you know what? Oh, peace is like that. It will guard your heart and your mind. So there's no more restless raging. There's this guard going on by God of your heart and your mind. So these thought loops that you always had, they start to calm down. Your heart that is kind of freaking out starts to calm down. It's the work that God is doing in your life. And, And some of you may be saying... It doesn't work, forget it. I've prayed, no peace. I've done what you said, no peace. And that's some of you may say that. There's just, you don't experience peace? And I wanna ask you this. It's a possibility that maybe, maybe, are you accepting nothing less than complete deliverance? Are you accepting nothing less than complete deliverance? You're saying, you know what? I'm not going to take God's peace. I want to get out of my circumstances. And until He takes me out of my circumstances, I don't want His peace. Maybe that's why you don't feel peace. He's writing to Christians who are being persecuted. Do you think the persecution went away in the early church? No, many of them died. But they had the peace of God that surpasses understanding. So maybe you're not experiencing peace right now because you, you don't really want that. You want absolute, complete deliverance from whatever you're dealing with. And God's like, hey, 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 I'm in control. I know what I'm doing. I can give you my peace. I can give you myself. This is not a formula. We don't just plug in the prayer and out shoots peace. We are in this relationship with God. And I tell you this, over time, you will see. This peace start to develop in your life as you're in a relationship with him, talking to him through prayer, interacting with him, telling him your problems, praising him for his past faithfulness, just laying it all before him. And you will notice that this peace of God starts to rule your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus because it's supernatural, it's spirit-produced. And so it's clear in this passage, worry about nothing, pray about everything, worry about nothing, pray about everything. So since we're on personal testimony day, I end with this. There is a story i like to tell of a world-famous preacher. Before he was a world-famous preacher, he was very anxious and scared to death of public speaking. Now, that tends to be a problem for preachers. Can't be a preacher if you don't want to publicly speak. So he had a lot of fear. He had a lot of anxiety. But God brought him through it. And now he preaches all over the world before thousands and sometimes millions of people. And he tells the story to give all the glory to God. And then there's my testimony. It's not very flashy. Not very exciting. Of a very anxious boy. Anxious throughout his life feeling the call of God to preach. And the last thing I should do is be a pastor because the amount of anxiety is huge. But here I am, up here preaching to you, giving the glory to God. Do I ever feel anxiety anymore? Yeah, you better believe it. But I'm not that little boy anymore. That little boy was anxious and scared and fearful and worried, He had no resources. I have resources now. It's called a relationship with God. I know God through Jesus. And I have problems all the time just like you. And when the anxiety and the fear and the worry come up, I want to take it to God. And more days than not, I'm experiencing his peace than all this anxiety. And I want to give glory to him and encourage you. No matter what you're going through right now, no matter how crazy it is, I know it's crazy, I know the thought loops, I know what's going on, go to God as the mess that you are. <laughs> and you're a mess. I know, I'm a mess too. And just give it, give it all to him. Give him the praise, give him the thanksgiving, tell him the problems, and just give it all to him. And enter in this relationship where his peace, his presence will be Unbelievable. It surpasses all understanding. And so I'm going to help you start this morning by leading you in prayer so we can actually not just listen to the Word of God, but do what it says. Let's pray. Lord, right now, we come into your presence, and we want to do what your Word says about those of us in here who are suffering with worry and anxiety. Whatever it is, relationships, money, future, timing, you know. So, Lord, we want to start by praising you for your sovereign control, for your love for us, your care for us, how you have created us and how you have saved us, and we bring you worship and praise. Lord, we also ask that you would give us perspective that our lives will not go on much longer on this earth. Give us perspective that Jesus is coming back Give us perspective that the sufferings that we feel in our body, the opposition of others, is not going to last forever on this earth. We will be delivered through Jesus when he comes back. Give us that perspective. And, Lord, right now we come to you with our petitions, our requests. And so wherever you are sitting in here, go ahead and tell God right now, in your mind, in your heart, give him the request that you have, what's going on, tell it to him Lord, we thank you for your past faithfulness through saving us through Jesus, your past faithfulness of growing us, holding us, providing for us, caring for us. You, you, we could go on and on, and we want to go on and on about your past faithfulness to us. Encourage us in the present. Make us hopeful in the future. And Lord, may you give us your presence. May you give us your peace. May you keep us in this continual prayer, conversation with you, this dependence upon you of constantly throughout this week crying out, help, help, help. Help me, help me, help me. We need you. We are dependent. And may your spirit produce this fruit of peace and keep us close to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.